Welcome back to 28 Summers, the podcast for anyone looking to live life adventurously. My name is Jay Worthy, a former billion-dollar CEO turned life coach, helping you to uncover ways to live life more adventurously and find what makes you happy by chatting with inspirational guests. My guest today is Nikki Love. According to her own website, she is here to do her best, be her best, have a blast along the way and bring as many people as she can along for the ride. Put simply, she's chasing extraordinary. Nikki's message is simple. It's never too late, you're never too old, and you are capable of much more than you ever thought was possible. In this awesome chat, Nikki talks through her own journey of self-doubt and discovery and how she unlocked her superpowers. Nikki talks about how experiencing highs and lows, running for fun and pushing herself to the brink brought back her confidence, her daring, her passion and her purpose. So Nikki, welcome to the 28 Summers podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me, Jay. It's lovely to be here. Yeah, and we got um, we got introduced by a, a mutual friend who who I think interviewed you for for his blog, uh, and he said, "Hey, you got to you got to chat to Nikki." And as soon as I kind of did my sneaky squirrel research and 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 uh, you know looked at what you were doing, I, I knew that I wanted to get you on the, the podcast. So really happy to have you here, and I think your your story and your philosophy, frankly, is really inspiring. So I think people are going to really enjoy this one. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> But before we get into you know some of the some of the stuff you've been working on, let's let's go right back as I always like to do. Let's let's talk about young Nikki. Like, where are you from? You know, what were you like as a youngster? Were you really adventurous, or did that come later on? Right. Um, people in England say I've got an Australian accent, and people in Australia say I've got a, an, an English accent. <laughs> so I was going to ask. I'm somewhere, <laughs> I'm somewhere in the middle. Um, so I grew up in Australia. Um, but I am actually British. Mum and dad emigrated with baby Nikki um, when I was 18 months and I grew up in Australia. Um, I very much uh, did the whole outdoorsy, sporty Australian thing, Um, lived uh, nearish the beach, loved the beach. That's my favourite place to be. Um, How I've ended up in the middle of England... (laughs) Um, in Nottingham is is sort of a, a little bit of a mystery to me, <laughs> as far away from the, the the coast as I could possibly be. Um, but uh, yeah, that's um, that's what I grew up with, and um, I was a runny, bouncy, jumpy thingy. Um, I did ballet um, from the age of four. And um, didn't quite cut it as a ballerina, even though that was my big dream. And um, instead of being a ballerina, um, thankfully somebody sort of saw a little bit inside of me. Um, I started doing aerobics um, and that was in the 90s, you know, um, if you think of Jane Fonda. Um, So that sort of time. Um, And uh, the head of the aerobics team at the gym that I went to, sort of said Nikki you, you you know you you're you can do this stuff you you've got musicality you've got strength you've got endurance all that sort of stuff why don't you become an instructor so that's where I took my ballet stuff and put it into fitness stuff so wow that's amazing I love that love that so we've actually got a bit of a shared background because I, I kind of hail from the fitness industry as well so that's kind of mm. interesting so whereabouts in Australia was home 
a place called Geelong, which is about an hour south of Melbourne um, and just near the coast, um, uh, the surf coast, uh, which is sort of known as Torquay. Um, if you uh, anybody is a surfer, the Bells Beach um, is nearby. Um, and that that's uh, where I grew up. Amazing. That must have been such a such a wild kind of upbringing. Like there's just so much. It's such a rich playground, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I I do a lot of talks at, at primary schools, and that the kids ask me where I'm from, and and I talk about the the fact that I, you know, when I was at school, I learned how to surf as part of um, you know <laughs> a sports a PE. Um, so so water sports were were sort of a big thing. Yeah, that's really cool. Love that. Love that. And you, did you have any brothers or sisters, or your only child? I've got one sister, uh, complete opposite okay. to me. <laughs> Not sporty <laughs> at all. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> it's often the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's often the way. So that's really, so that's really cool. So parents emigrated to Australia. Melbourne's a beautiful part of the world as well. I love it. I love it down there. That that whole general area. Um, and then so kind of adventurous, outdoorsy ballet thing didn't happen but then you got into fitness and and when did that that kind of um excitement and energy for fitness start to you know evolve into something more adventurous if i if i go back to high school um i and and that was where i got introduced to long distance running um and it was um cross country and and we were all told um go run uh, there was no choice you just you know the whole school was going to do this cross country it was a new school, so we only had um, two two years. Um, I was the second year at this high school, um, and and it was in a, a new new build area. So there was lots of fields and lots of paddocks and 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 just bush and scrub around. And um, they put this three kilometers. So this was long distance three kilometer run, <laughs> and 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 said go. And I was just like, okay, go 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 go. Um, and it was such a difference from doing ballet. And doing ballet inside and being, being all sort of structured and 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 um, and then going out running um, through fields and getting muddy and sweaty and dirty and and that's what I took from that is just like I loved that experience and it felt like it was an adventure um, and you know running in places that I'd never been before even though it was still around home and I made the school cross country team. And, um, you know, I, I didn't run the whole three kilometres. I, I did that sort of thing that kids do is like, go as fast as you can and then stop and puff and puff and puff and puff and then go as fast as you can. Um, and I sort of thought, yeah. you know what, if, I'm, if I've made the school team, I want to get better at this. So um, I, I started running at home um, around the, the, the block. Dad came with me and sort of helped me learn how to pace myself a bit better. Um, and that was that was kind of that was that um, feeling of running running is quite adventurous um uh, as I grew up um you know I did all that sort of sporty stuff um and the running was always just sort of there in the background to keep me fit as I went into aerobics teaching and all that sort of stuff so <laughs> I had to because it was the 90s and and the g-string <laughs> leotards were all a thing <laughs> and of course being the instructor I sort of had to look the look and um and so running for me was that extra little bit that I did to keep my um aerobics butt <laughs> looking aerobics butty <laughs> um, brilliant. brilliant and uh yeah, the the sense of adventure. I, 
I guess I've always had it. So as soon as I was able to sort of age, think 20 or something like that, I was like, mum, dad, I'm going to go and travel around the world. And they said, oh, okay, <laughs> and you're going to have to save up. You've got to have some, have some money. Um, so that's what I did. I, I concentrated. I worked hard. I did several jobs, um, raised enough money to go backpacking around the world. Um, and I, it, it's just always been there, this want, urge, need, um, curiosity to see the world. Um, I had a globe on my um, desk and I would spin my globe and I'd like point my finger, land, um, stop the globe and go, yeah, I'm going to go to that country. And it, it's just always been there. I love that. That's so cool. And I think that you touch on something really interesting there, which I've talked about with some other guests before, which is I think there's this this kind of childlike curiosity we have. You know, when I sit with my kids and there's a globe, you know, they want to know where places are and they're really in awe. And for a variety of reasons, I think that, many people kind of, they lose that. It gets suppressed. It just gets hidden and pushed down and they kind of get into this societal norm of, okay, you've got to pick a place to live. That's where you have to live. You have to buy a house and then you have to work your whole life to pay it off. You have to get one job, right? And that one job defines you. You know, there's this whole like societal framework that we all fall into and we seem to lose this childlike wonder of spinning the globe and going, yeah, I want to go there. I love that you've still got that. And I think that for people listening, you know, that for me is something that that I've tried to pull back. I felt like I lost it in my adult life. And then, you know, in the last 10 years, I've really got that back again. Like I have that childlike wonder and excitement when I go somewhere new for the first time, or even when I go somewhere that I've been lots of times and then see it in a different way. But I love that you've got that. Uh, that I mean, I, I, we might talk about it a bit later, but I, I talk at primary schools. And the reason I love going there is you say to a kid, what do you think you can do? What do you believe in? And and um, do you think it's possible if I said, if I can, do you think it's possible that I could run to the moon? And they will say, yes, yes, because it's that, that total belief. And somehow we get knocked out of us. And I don't yeah. like that. No, um, I completely agree with you. Yeah. I completely agree with you. I love that you're talking at primary schools as well. I talked mm. with um, Krish Patel recently. I don't know if you know Krish. <laughs> But he does a lot of stuff with primary schools. And, and I find that you guys are doing that really inspiring. I've got a couple of primary school age kids. And that, that I just think that's wonderful because that's just such a, it's such a moldable age. It's such an malleable age. Like they're at that age where, you know, my, um, my eldest who's at primary school, she's just, just finished year six. So she's about to go to year seven, which means, you know, life changes. Then you go to secondary school and, you know, that's about the age where, physical activity levels for girls particularly start to drop off and so you know I'm very aware of that with her and and I just think that's such a good age to to be to be reminding people that they can uh, young children that they can go wherever they want to go and they can do whatever they want to do yeah I did a, a talk um I think it was about three weeks ago at a primary school with the year sixes and talked about this next great big adventure that they were going to go on. I talked about my adventure and then sort of equated it or tried to equate it to their adventure and being nervous, being excited, um, but being um, confident that you're good enough to, to go there. And, and yeah, it's, I remember being that age and being scared about going to this big place and who was I going to know and all that sort of stuff. And, um, yeah, that thankfully 
um, I didn't lose my my sportiness or, or my urge. Yeah. Um, and actually, I think it increased at high school. Yeah, I love that. And I also wanted to pick up on a- another thing. I think I always ask the question about whether my guests were really adventurous or had that love, you know, for, for running, for example, with you, it's running is the big thing. Um, because I think it's really interesting. I think these things can often be quite binary, can't they? And I think particularly with running, you know, I think it it is a bit, as we say here in the UK, a bit Marmite, you either love it or you hate it. And, um, and I think that people, they have that early memory. Like for example, I love running now. I love doing long distance running. I've really got into kind of endurance events but when I was at school, I hated it. I hated long distance running. And when the teacher, the PE teacher said to me, you know, there's a 3K loop, go run. I was thinking about all the ways I could hide in the bushes and just, you know, pick up the run on the way back. I hated it. I just despised it. But, um, but I learned to love it over the years. And so I think for a lot of people listening, you know, I always say just because you hated something when you were younger doesn't mean you'll hate it now. And I mean, you, you talk a lot on your website about this, this notion of adventure running which I, you know, I just really love. I, it's just something that I kind of never really heard it talk like that before, but I'd love to hear you talk about adventure running and what that means to you and why it's so important to you. Right. So um, when I was running in Australia, I was doing races um, and I was in a club um, and, uh, you know, I, I did the whole racy thing. Um, and I actually sort of joined the triathlon um, uh, wave back in I think that was actually in the end of the 80s um, moving into the 90s Um, and uh, I I really enjoyed it Um, I loved uh, the whole uh, feeling of of racing and pushing yourself but then it got a little bit um, I don't know the 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 anxiety I think of having to perform outweighed the the joy of what it was that I was doing um and um I I sort of took a little bit of time away from racing um and uh so entering events just to to see how well I did um and represent the, the um the club that I was at and and just went back to the the fact that I just really liked doing the stuff that I did and I really liked seeing how far I could go away from home uh, with it and and explore different places and and actually that was the thing that encouraged me more to go out and keep going was that whole thing of where can I go to how far can I go what is this body capable of Um, and and that was the uh, sort of coming back to that adventure thing of of how it felt the very first time is like wow I'm exploring places and and that was the thing I wanted to hold on to and so I thought well you know let's go with that let's run with that um and and that's the attitude that I've had since is um I like I don't mind going into um events and races and stuff like that but I'm also really comfortable just going off on my own and exploring yeah I, I think that's there's something really um you know, magical about this idea that that running doesn't need to just be a way to keep fit um, or a way to keep healthy, but actually can be a really, really wonderful way to see the world. Um, I really like that. I, one of the things I've talked about before, I don't know whether um, you, you know this resonates with you or not, but it is, is sometimes running without headphones. I get that some people like to run with headphones all the time because it's good motivation, but but often I like to just take the headphones out because then 
when you're running in a space and you've not got headphones on, I just feel like you experience it in a very different way. You know, you're much more present and aware of the noises and the sound, you know, the smells and the, the views and everything else. So I, I when I, I, went, I went to this place yesterday, um, it's my favourite place. It's called Switherland Woods. It's in Leicestershire. Um, and I did run with headphones in with that whole music going, blaring and, and pump, 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 pump. And um, I thought, OK, I'll take them off. I won't wear them. And I heard everything um, that first time at, in Switzerland Woods, and and I could I, I saw all the squirrels, I heard all the squirrels. There was owls, there was woodpeckers, there was just the breeze blowing in the trees, and the, and that sounded like waves. And I was just like, oh my god, this you know I've got to listen to this. Um, and I don't run with headphones, <laughs> um, even on my long runs. Um, if I am in a really, really bad place, I might have to put the headphones in um, just to sort of get out of that thinking space. But most of the times I, I run with no um, no sound, uh, only what's around. And if I want to have a bit of music, I will have it playing around me, not in my ears. So I, I might turn on my um, uh, you know phone to have music and it will be just in my pocket and it just becomes part of the ambient noise yeah, I love that. I love that. And I, I mean, I've done, I, I sometimes, if I want to have music or I want to have a bit, a bit of atmosphere or, or even listen to an audio book or a podcast, I maybe have one headphone in yeah. um, just so that I can still hear. Because I just think that sometimes we, you know, headphones are so wonderful and all this amazing media that we have around us. And I'd love people to listen to the podcast and stuff when they're out and about. But I just sometimes think we can get into our own little bubble a little bit, can't we? Mm. And then we just, we don't really we move through the land, but we don't really experience it. And, and I think that is, um, that is something that people should try. And, it, and it's not easy at first because you kind of hear your own breathing and, but it's just such a great way to really connect with a space. Yeah. And then once you've got that, I think I love the idea of using running as a vehicle for, for travel as well. Yeah. You know, yeah. just getting, I'm, I'm, you know, we're, moving to new places and just going for runs or walks so i think there's there's a there's a great bit of advice there but so you've already talked about um you know going into primary schools a little bit so you you know i reading your website as well it's really clear to me that you have a kind of a passion to share this this knowledge and these experiences and inspire others if you can where where does that come from nikki um i well i'm i'm i, I thought about this <laughs> um my dad was a teacher um I think I, I sort of picked up that sort of little bit from him. Um, the uh, his his passion for wanting to impart knowledge, and you know, the occasional times when I'd go to the school that he taught at, um, there was this, you know, the, the kids, you know, really enjoyed talking to him, um, and and he he didn't teach down; he just Talk, talked with um, and then when I became an aerobics instructor my job was to stand out the front and um, show teach help encourage and 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 inspire and all of those things it was not you know take a look at me it was I'm, I'm here to help you take you to where you want to go so it was it was being the leader but bringing the people along um, and that's how I've taken it um, with everything that I do is is be the leader but bring people with. I love it. I love it. Do you, and, and is that one of the things that you do that 
you know, bring, do you, does that bring you a lot of joy then, just going into schools, for example, and talking to, to young children? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, it, it, that kind of happened a little bit by accident, but, um, you know, accidents happen because you're in the place of, of, of where you are. Um, I, I had, um, it was the, the first uh, big um, run that I did, uh, multiple day run that I did, and um, a friend was a head teacher and she said, why don't you come and, and run um, one of your days at the school? We'll, we'll get all the kids to join you um, and um, you can run around the, the, the schoolyards and then I'll organise it. You go to school after school after school. And I was just like, okay. And she organised everything. And every place I went to, the kids wanted to come and run with me. So they were excited about this whole thing of running. I mean, they're probably happy to get out of the class. <laughs> But there was this absolute joy of wanting to be a part of, of this thing that I was doing. And at each school, I had the same experience. And then the next time I did that, I um, again, I wasn't planning on going to schools, um, but uh, things happened in, 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 in the, the um, adventure. Um, and the school heads again said, why don't you come and visit the schools? And that actually changed the whole thing of what I was doing is like, actually, I get a lot out of this. The kids seem to get a lot out of this. The teachers tell me that they've had a great experience. Why don't I actually include the kids and schools in the things that I do in the future? And, and that's actually been the, the um, uh, direction that I've been going is, is, is whilst I've been doing my thing, I've, I've tried to find ways in which the schools can join me. Um, and I, I, I just love it. it. It gives me that extra little bit um especially when I'm having a tough time um, to think, well, you know, if the kids like it and they're watching, um, then Love that. I can keep going. Love that. That's, that's amazing. And, and I, I totally, I totally connect with that. This idea that if you can make it social, it, I think it, um, you know, it, it adds value to everybody involved, doesn't it? And it, and it keeps you going, but it also, you know, gets them involved and they start to really see it firsthand. I love it. So let's talk about some of your adventures. You know, we kind of danced around the edge of them, but um, your website talks about this concept of chasing extraordinary. Um, and I definitely think you walk the walk on that front. You've done some really, some really cool stuff. So let's start um, 51st birthday. You decided to run Malta, um, you know, as you do, right? Most people go out and have a few drinks and have a nice meal and stay in a spa or something. So, so where did that come from? Um, I mean, I guess so, to a certain extent, I know the answer to that because you've just explained how much this is a part of your life. But, you know, what did that look like? What was the challenge? Tell us a little bit about that. All right. So, um, yeah, the 51st birthday was coming up and um, I just thought, what what can we do that's slightly different? Um, uh, my kid was older, so um, he was doing his own thing, um, and I thought, well, I've got, I've got this freedom. <laughs> what, what should I do? And I, I think I'd watched um, a TV program uh, where you roll the dice, and and the dice decides what you're going to do. And I thought, well, um, uh, Malta is. We, we knew it wasn't very big, very long, um, and there was this island of Gozo, and we looked at, at what was there. That there, there was an ultra race there. Um, and thought, you know what, should we just, we'll just fly to Malta, 
with a backpack, um, it, you know, just a, whatever we're going to need, turn up in our running kit and, and then just use Facebook and say, right, we're here, where should we go? Um, take the right turn or take the left turn. And we had an idea of where we wanted to get to. So we were sort of always going north from the, the airport, but we got to the airport and, and like started running <laughs> and, and, um, and yeah, used Facebook to say, should we turn left here or right here? Or um, should we stop and have a beer? And, should, <laughs> and just asked all these questions and, and let Facebook um, uh, direct us. And, and just had an absolute ball, um, had an absolute ball. Uh, I think that's just amazing. I, um, what, what, what a great adventure. And I, and I, I've never done anything like that, but I just love this idea that you, you've rocked up to the airport in your running gear, ju- jumped on a plane, got off a plane and just, you know, most people are getting the taxi to the hotel and you just, you just started running. I think there's, that's really magic. I love that. Really love it. And I, I realize now retrospectively, as I've kind of planned this, uh, this chat, I've got, I've got the, uh, the cat, the, the kind of calendar of events wrong here. Cause of course for your 50th, your, I mean, that's, that's really, <laughs> That's really the big one that we should talk about. So I'm I'm kind of doing this in reverse, but but that's okay. So you had this you had this kind of big dream to run 50 marathons in 50 days in the year you turned 50, right? Mm-hmm. It yeah. didn't end up being like that. So tell us a little bit. Of, <laughs> tell us a little bit about that. Um, yeah. So that had been in my head for a really long time. So. I turned 50 in 2017 um, and this got put in my head, this little idea. um, I read a book in 2009, Um, so quite a long time to sit and percolate. Um, And uh, it was reading Dean Carnese's book, 50 Marathon, uh, 50, 50. So he did 50 marathons in 50 days in 50 states of the US. Um, And I thought maybe I could do that. And um, <laughs> I, I uh, in 2010, I attempted seven marathons in seven days. Um, and that was because um, a people around me said, you can't do 50, Nikki. Um, and I thought, said, no, well, I'll do 30. And I got told, no, you can't do 30. And, um, and so we, I, I came up with the idea, I'll do seven. Um, okay, and and everybody around me said, yeah, seven, seven's manageable. Um, and uh, yeah, I did those seven marathons in seven days. This is sorry, a long-winded way. To no, no, it's to- great. It's great. <laughs> there is a big jump from 2010 to 2017, by the way. Um, so I did the seven marathons in seven days, and on the eighth day, I couldn't move, and I was so glad that I'd only chosen the seven. Right. Um, and uh yeah I, it took me months to get over um i had no experience i didn't know what i was doing um i learned a lot <laughs> a lot of all the things that you shouldn't do um and um but also at the end of that um it was like well you know congratulations well done uh, amazing you're not very good at this stuff are you because you're battered you bruised you're, you've broken down um maybe you know you should leave it at that and I did. I left it at that for quite a long time. Um, but that wasn't the way that my head thought. Um, I thought, well, I, yeah, I thought you do something, you learn from it, you implement changes, and then you go again. But the the, the, the people around me kind of 
I let them into my head and said, no, you're not very good at this stuff. Um, and, and that's what I, I sort of like kept um, and was being reinforced. And um, as time changes and you move on and you sort of drift away from the people um, around you, uh, you sort of, I, I started thinking, well, actually, hold on, that's not the way I thought. Uh, and I kept it, this little thing in, inside of my head. Um, took me seven years <laughs> to build up the confidence again to say, actually, you know what, I and I read this, this quote, and I, I'm, I'm not going to say it exactly right, but it was, don't downgrade your ambition, upgrade your conviction, or something like that. I'm like, you know what, this book was sitting on my shelf, and, and I was like, I'm turning 50, 2017, I'm turning 50. There's that book, it's staring at me, that, that 50 and 50, um, you know, maybe I should go and try it again. Um, and that's how the 50 and 50 uh, came back into my, my consciousness and, and I'm like, I, okay, I'm going to give this a go. This is, you know, I, I, I want to do something special with this year. And that's kind of, uh, that was the start. And then I... Um, I looked online to see what the world records were and came across this article that said that this British woman had run 60 marathons in 60 days um, and had the record. I'm like, oh, okay, if I'm going to do 50, 50 and 60, uh, they sound the same. <laughs> if you're out there for that long, then you're going to have to hold on. Uh, so I changed it to, all right, I'm going to go for 60. And then I thought, well, if I'm going to go for 60, I'm going to have to try and beat it. Um, and then I thought, well, okay, if I go on the road for nine weeks, nine sevens are 63. 63 is a good number. It's higher than 60. So that was kind of, that was a simple, logical um, progression for me um, to get to 63 marathons. Um, and then I wanted it to be an adventure because that's what I was doing. It was adventure running. I loved going to places, going to see places and everything like that. And I thought, well, you know, this is going to be the opportunity to do that. This is an Australian going on a tour of the UK, um, <laughs> running, just having to do a marathon in each place. And so I picked out, you know, the 63 iconic locations that I wanted to see of, of the UK. And I wanted to, you know, touch John O'Groats. I wanted to be down at Land's End, those two places that, you know, you <laughs> these long distance runners have to uh, you do um and and I didn't then chose all these 63 different locations and um I thought yeah I'm going to do that I'm not going to go home um I'll go on the road and I'll eventually finish in Leicester because uh, that's where I was living at the time and uh had no idea how I was going to do it, but, but just sort of chose all these places and chose the routes and still didn't have a clue of how I was going to do it logistically. Um, and, uh, yeah, that, that, was, um, that was how I got to the 63. Um, how, I, how I started <laughs> was just a, a, a series of events. Um, I initially thought I was going to do it all by myself, um, I had a VW Volk, uh, Beetle. Um, I thought I'll put a tent in there and I'll just sort of drive around to each location and, and pop a tent up and, and then drive to the next place. Um, and I think it was 
four or five months before I actually started, I met um, uh, my, my partner now, Sharif, and um, I told him about the, this great big plan and he said I sounded so confident and it sounded like I'd had it all worked out um, and I showed him all the routes and all the locations and everything like that and he said, well, you know, if you, if you want um, any help with anything, just let me know. And um, our, our relationship um, uh, grew and the, the more he was with me, the more he realised that I hadn't actually planned <laughs> logistically. I, I just knew where I was going to go. Um, and that's when he got involved and he said, you know, I'll help you and and before you know it he was with me um and and that's how I actually got started um the logistics part again of, of where we were going to stay how we were going to travel um I think it was 10 days before I started um we still didn't have an idea we just kind of thought we needed a van um and I I looked on eBay and I found a van um that was in Glasgow and I was in Leicester and um, I, I phoned the person I said look I'm going to do this 63 days it's going to travel all through the UK is the van do you think the van is um, suitable do you think it'll you know it'll last and then she said yeah 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 you know it's perfect van for it. it you know absolutely so two days before I was meant to start we drove up to Glasgow picked up the van and then continued on to John O'Groats and and just hoped for the best <laughs> um the van broke down in the first week oh no <laughs> <laughs> what a nightmare so I, but I love that I didn't realize some of some of that kind of setup story and I do think as well like you know a lot of people sometimes they think about doing something kind of big and and pushing their comfort zone but they get a little bit um, overwhelmed by the size of it and so many of my guests have talked about this idea that you just kind of have to take it day by day um, and, 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 you know, I also strongly believe you can, you can, you should plan, you absolutely should plan. You should make sure that you have a broad game plan, but no good plan is going to survive the first, the first day or two anyway. So, you know, not, not kind of beating yourself up, um, by having this kind of perfectly orchestrated plan, which almost certainly won't survive anyway. So I love, love that. So Sharif quite quickly became your logistics manager, uh, which is, yes. which is cool. Um, and then, so so, how did that go? Sixty three and sixty three. Right. So um, the first week was to plan, um, apart from this van that sort of kept coughing and spluttering, um, <laughs> and um, the first week the plan was that um, Sharif would be with me in Scotland. We'd pick up this van, run there, and then he would head home. Um, and I would continue by myself and then he'd pick me up in different places because he had to go to work so he only took a week off work um, and in that first week um, with the van um, coughing and spluttering and, and breaking down um, we realised that we, we were going to have to make um, changes to the plan and um, on the seventh day I ran in Glasgow um, and the idea was that we would um, drive home or Sharif would drive home um, and after after the marathon and then I would be back here by that stage we'd move to Nottingham um, uh, um, back here I would run around Nottingham whilst uh, the, the van was getting fixed and then we would try and work out 
what to do from there because this was all on the run and I was tired and, um, you know, Sharif was just saying, well, you know, let's just do this whole one day at a time thing. I'm like, yeah, 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 that's fine. Um, and and um, so, yeah, on that seventh day, finished Glasgow, started driving, Sharif started driving home and the van broke down again. And um, it was an electrical problem. So we were trying to drive in the night um, and we got picked up, towed to um, the nearest truck stop, uh, which was just outside of uh, Gretna Green. Um, So we'd got that far um, and got told, you're going to have to wait till morning, get jumped and then drive in the morning um, back to Nottingham. And so, yeah, we spent the night in the truck stop, uh, trucks coming in and out, um, no food because we uh, it's sort of like, so I, I ate rubbish food um, from from the, the, the sausage rolls and all that sort of stuff. And uh, 5.30 in the morning um, uh, with daybreak, got jumped and, and um, Sharif drove the rest of the way back to Nottingham um, so I didn't have a good night's sleep and um, got to Nottingham about midday. I had a sleep for an hour on the couch and then got up and had to run marathon number eight. And it was pretty messy. Um, <laughs> it, 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 I was sick. Um, I had diarrhea. Uh, it was coming out everywhere and I am like running along crying. <laughs> I don't like this. Um, um, but I, I thought, well, you know, I'm in a better state now, despite everything that's sort of like coming out of me, I'm in a better state now than I was um, back in 2010 when I did the seven marathons because I'm then on day eight and I'm still moving. I'm like, okay, I, I know I can do this. I just finished day eight. Uh, it was a really long day. Um, I was home. I had my bed and I thought, you know, if I can get through this, then I can, t- I can keep going. I can get to the end. And um, that's what happened. Uh, and that's when I said uh, plan, plans changed um, and staying adaptable to plans changing but keeping an eye on what you want to achieve. Um, so I just sort of think I've got to do a marathon a day. It doesn't matter where the marathon is. It, um, you know, I had these places I wanted to go to, but it didn't matter. I, I was at home. I'm going to run them at home. And that's when the schools got involved and said, come and visit the schools. All right, okay, I'm going to do that. And that picked me back up again. It's like, I'm going to see kids. I'm going to have fun. We're going to run. The teachers joined me. um, And that was that whole um, having another purpose to keep going. I love that. Uh, And it's funny how the kind of the universe presents those opportunities to you because it's probably sounds like it was just what you needed to kind of give you that second wind. Um, yeah, no, am- amazing. And, um, you know, I think there's a really strong mes- message and lesson in there for people as well, like linked to that idea of you, there's only so much planning you can do, but, you know, being, being resilient, uh, and having endurance, I think is partly like you say about your ability to evolve and adapt on the fly, like handle what's coming at you and not sweat the small stuff. I think sometimes when you're in that moment and, you know, it sounds like you were having a really bad day on that day eight. And, you know, I know that how that feels. I've had those days as well. And, you know, being rational with yourself in those moments and not being too emotional and, um, you know, not blowing everything out of proportion is hard. It's really hard. Um, And Mm, everything seems more uh, difficult and like the world is against you in those moments. And being able to say, you know, this is just how it is and I've just got to get through it. And I can't control it, so I'm not going to worry about it. It's a real skill. And I think if you can develop that, yeah, you can do anything. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's how yeah. it felt. <laughs> yeah. So it's amazing. So you did, you ended up doing 63 in 63, which is incredible. Yep. Um, it was um, quite an experience. Uh, I had lots of people join me. Um, and then I had days where I was by myself. Um, and I, uh, and then there was times when, you know, Sharif came back again with me um, and he would ride his bike next to me. Um, and it was, it was just, um, I, I still, I did get back on the road again um, and we did go to different places. And um, so that adventure um, did happen. Um, and uh, but, but I learned along the way that um, I had planned all these runs um, and I'd gone with the iconics um, and and realized that uh, running that many marathons in a row, um, I didn't need to have anything technical. I didn't really like up and downs um, and and canals and, and, and bike paths were, were actually they were the things that I needed to look for um, and, and not so much the um, you know, iconic things. I tried to run up Penny Fan. Um, and that was, it, I, I got halfway up um, and it took me three hours to get five kilometres. It was just ridiculous because my legs were just shot. Um, and, uh, yeah, again, that was that whole thing of, okay, I wanted to get to the top. I gave it my best, but it, did I need to touch the top? No, that was an ego thing. Yeah, just, just go and finish the rest of the day, get those 42Ks done. Um, so yeah, such a remarkable achievement. So, so incredible. Um, so you you're fit, you know, you're 50 years old, you've just run 63 marathons in consecutive days, which is amazing, but that seemed, that, that wasn't enough <laughs> for you. So you finished that and started dreaming up the next big thing. Okay. So, um, this is a little bit of mindset stuff. Um, I, and, uh, so I was working with a, a psychologist friend of mine and and she'd given me some some tools to to help me come up with, you know, to to keep me focused and to um, sort of believe that I could do this sort of stuff. Um, and and so it was writing about what you want to dream, uh, what you want to do, the big goals, big dreams, big ambitions, listing them down, but then writing them in past tense and saying that you've already done them. So put them in a sentence with things that you've already done. And so the 63 marathons was coming up. Uh, I, I, I skipped a little bit. I, the year before I did um, this race called the Jungle Ultra in Peru. Um, and the idea was that was scary. Um, that's That was big. That was um, five days self-sufficient, 230 kilometres through um, the Amazon, the jungle. Um, so think about something bigger, scarier to place after it so that you that was sort of like that becomes easy. And so therefore I had an, a next dream after this one, after the 63, um, to make the 63 seem simple, <laughs> easy, less scary. So I had I had written all these goals after the 63 um, and I was writing, I've, I've completed, I've run these things. Um, so, so yes, uh, I already had this idea that I wanted to run across Australia as, as my next thing. And if I could do 63 marathons, um, then I should be able to run across Australia. And then I had, um, the next thing and then the next thing. Um, and 
when I finished, um, I realised a how expensive it was to to do these things, and um, did I have enough money to to go to Australia and and, and do this this idea of running across Australia um, in the way I wanted to do it, and I didn't, um, and so uh, I thought, well, you know what. Um, that's going to sort of sit there for a little bit. Um, what can I do in the meantime? What what um, adventure can I come up with as a training run? Um, and that was the, also the other thing is like just rather than make these the you know the, the pinnacle, just say well actually it's a training run for the next thing. It's a training run for the next thing, and it kind of just brings it down a little bit of of like okay, I'm just prepping prepping myself for the next thing. And so, uh, so I ended up running around Ireland uh, <laughs> because <laughs> that seemed the most logical thing for me. Um, and and you mentioned about um, uh, seeing things and and being close when uh, you're you're aware of your surroundings. To me, that's what running around Ireland was. I was seeing this place slow up close and personal. I watched the days change, the scenery change, the the a whole country passed before me um, and and I was doing it at a pace that was you know slightly faster than walking only just <laughs> um, but I was experiencing it differently than I would have if I'd been driving um, and I got to see things and and how the day changed how the scenery changed with the changing weather and and it was just an, an awesome experience of of putting this thing with running and 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 seeing and being and seeing new countries and all that sort of stuff and that's that's what I got from Ireland absolutely loved it um amazing yeah. I, I love your story and I you know we're, we're nearly out of time and we haven't even touched on your your hundred in hundred um no no <laughs> oh, but it's sorry. okay but I I already you know I already know that I'd love to do I'd love to do a follow-up with you I think um you know these these adventures are amazing, and and you've just got such a, a positive mindset and energy here. Um, so maybe maybe before we wrap up, tell us a little bit about the hundred in hundred and and kind of where that's currently at. Okay, so May first, I decided to start a hundred marathons in a hundred days. It was because the sixty three marathons didn't get um, uh, I didn't get uh, the world record. Um, it was a, a Guinness thing. They didn't um, accept the evidence that I provided, so that kind of just sat there. Um, I still wanted to run across Australia. Um, uh, I was going to do that last year. Then you know the world closed up, um, and. Uh, this year, I thought, well, a training run was to um, sort of readdress this this um, thing with Guinness. Um, I'd done 63, so I knew I had to do more. Um, and Australia was, you know, equivalent to, uh, it was just under 100 marathons. Um, so I thought, you know what, I'll do this as a training run. I'll run 100 marathons in 100 days. Um, in the last four years, I've, I've been going through perimenopause um, and I've had a few little injuries and I got set on the on the line on May the 1st to start running the 100 marathons um, and uh, 12 marathons down, um, everything felt okay. 
Um, I wasn't running great, but, um, you know, I was, I got to 12 and I thought, yeah, I, I'm, I'm good. I'm going to keep going. And day 13, I don't know, just something just didn't go right. And I was in pain and, and I finished the day in agony. Um, and day 14, I woke up and crawled. I couldn't walk. I couldn't stand on my right leg. Um, I went to see my, um, osteopath thinking he can just stick some needles in me it's okay I'm gonna I'll go out in the afternoon it'll be like that day eight uh, you know it doesn't matter what time I start so long as I start um and he took one look at me because I crawled into his office and, and he said no you go to the hospital um uh, you've done something and um I had an x-ray nothing showed up um and went back to the osteo and he said no you go for an MRI um and went and organised an MRI because I still couldn't stand on it. Um, and, um, yeah, I uh, had a stress fracture in my pelvis. Um, and uh, that's kind of where I'm at at the moment is I'm in recovery, um, doing uh, rehab uh, for a stress fracture and having to, instead of just looking at the um oh you had a stress factor wait six weeks and then you're ready to go again is actually go back to it and and say why what happened um and and that's that's where i'm at so I've, uh, there's been a lot of research going into it to make sure that the next time i go again and there is going to be a next time i'm going from a place of strength um and not uh, a weakened body because the, the stress factor is because of a weakened body and i needed to know why so that that's kind of where i'm at at the moment well it's like you said earlier as well is that you know if if something doesn't go according to plan it doesn't need to be the end it's actually a perfect opportunity to learn right you, you know and so there's a there's a lesson in there somewhere that eventually you'll you'll find and I I would never bet against you to to you know get back on the horse and do your 100 and 100 which which I think is amazing and I definitely feel like this conversation is to be continued um because there's so much more to cover and and would love to reconnect with you when when you you know you get back on the start line to go for this, and then we, when you eventually Australia opens its borders and you can do your Oz run. But before we finish up today, just a couple of final questions um, for anybody listening who you know I know there'll be a lot of people listening that that will be really inspired by your story, and and I think you know you talk really energetically about what you do, but you're also yeah, you're not letting age get in the way. You know, you're you're really just saying, hey, you know, because that's really important for me. I one of my one of my uh, I'm 43, soon to be 44, and you know, I think a lot of guys my age start to let age become an excuse. Um, why you know they would put put on a little bit of weight. I can't run anymore because I'm too old. My knees hurt. That kind of thing. And I just I made a commitment to myself that I'm going to be fitter at 50 than I was at 30, because that's like you said, that's a big goal you know, because I was in pretty good shape at 30. So that's like a pretty, that's a pretty aggressive goal. Um, but it's good because it keeps me honest and it, and it keeps, it's holding me to account. And I love that about you. I think that you're, you're saying, well, you know, we can do anything we want to if we just, you know, uh, resilient and we put our, we, we we're really focused and we really put our thoughts to it. So I'd love to keep talking to you, but what would be your, what would be your advice for people kind of at home listening in, thinking, yeah, maybe I should try and take on a big challenge or push myself to be a bit more adventurous. What's your top tip? Um, Taking the steps. And I know that that sounds very easy and it's not because if, um, if you've got this idea 
Okay, so you, you, you've had this idea. So the thought's in there. And, and then for whatever reasons, you might start doubting yourself. You might get confirmation from other people of maybe you can't. Um, and actually, if thought's gone in there, hold on to that bit because if you think you can, then that's where you start and you start making the, the plans and you start uh, taking the actions and the steps um, and learn to turn down the voices um, and it's it, and you might think that it's your voice, but it's probably not. It's probably a voice that you've heard from the past and, and, and it, it comes back. But learn to turn those voices down and learn to turn up the thing that you heard in the first place, which is if the thought popped in there, then you're capable of doing it. So work towards that. And, um, yeah, just, uh, yeah, that, that first step is hard. Um, but... And, and and the second step is hard and sometimes the third step's hard. Um, just don't, if you've got that goal and if you don't get it the first time, yes, it's a fail, um, but that's not a bad word. It's just a learning um, and it's an experience and hopefully you, you learn something for, from it and you implement change and then you go again. Um and and you're in charge of the end of story. Yeah. yeah, totally. And I think that's such strong advice. And it's really consistent. You know, hear it time and time again, this idea that it's a process. And, you know, I think that, again, m- many of us, um, you know, we would try something uh, and, and, it, and it doesn't work out. We think, OK, that's the end, like we said earlier. And I think being being able to kind of reset and say, okay, I've still got this dream. I've still got this vision, but that didn't work. So what do we try this time? How are we going to do it differently? I think there's a really strong message in there. Um, so then final question for now, but definitely going to be taking some more of your time in the future and, and getting you back. Um, but final question for now, where can people find you online? Where can they follow you and, and watch all your adventures? All right. So um, my website is nikkilove.co.uk. So um, as the uh, as we start ramping up for the 100, all the information will be on there and definitely if people want to come and join me um how to join me will be on there because that's that's something that i want to happen i want people to come and run with me um uh, so that that they'll be there and then i'm on instagram um as nikki love runs um and i think twitter is just a repeat of instagram i, I don't do twitter um and and yeah that that's where you can find me um and uh, running around, uh, although I'm not running around yet. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's me. Awesome. awesome. Well, I, uh, I'm, I'm excited to see you, you know, get through your recovery and get going again and, uh, you know, maybe even come and try and run with you if I can. Um, so thank you so much for your time today. It's been so much fun chatting to you. Thank you, Jay. Thank you. Thank you.